If you don't have any sort of lead magnet for your business, you are missing out on sales. It's one of my high priority content marketing tasks for my clients straight after sorting out your email. And so today I'm working with my amazing client, Julie from Thinking Caps, who's going to introduce herself to you in just a moment in a live coaching session to help her and you work out how to choose a great topic, what the structure of it needs to be, how to organize content, and how to set it up. Now, I've just told Julie, hmm, I don't know if we're going to get everything done in this session, so we may do this across two episodes, um, a little bit spaced apart, so that she and you have time to go away and do some of the work that needs to be done. But I want you to learn a lot alongside Julie and get inspiration for your own lead magnet and work out what you need to do. If this is a to-do list that is not high up on your list of marketing, you are so missing out and I don't want you to miss out. I'm your host, Rachel Claver, and this is Confident Content. This is all about helping you create amazing content that converts and helps attract your ideal customers and filters out all the baddies that we don't want. I'm really excited to be doing this and I'm telling you, I'm slightly freaking out right now because I've never done a live coaching call like this on a podcast. I'm pushing my own boundaries because I make my clients do it all the time themselves. And so I am going to do this. Who knows? Who knows if it's going to work? Let's hope it works. It's going to work. I'm I'm going to go for lucky girl syndrome on this one. All right, just a bit about Julie. I'm going to get her to introduce herself a bit, but she's the co-founder and director of Thinking Caps. Her job with her business partner, Shell, is to run a business that helps uh, students and their families become more confident in learning in school environments. So they do lots of tutoring, after school, in school and all over the place. Her main role is on the onboarding of new tutors and students and she is fiercely passionate about finding the right study buddy tutor for your child, which means getting to know them a bit about them and their interests. And it's one of the things I really love about Julie and Michelle. They're really invested in the whole child as opposed to just um, getting them to sign up, do the study and go. She uses that information to match your child with just the right study buddy who really gets them and becomes a wonderful guide that they can trust, as well as providing with those excellent learning opportunities. So join me and Julie as we work together to create a plan, get inspiration and work through the tricky bits of creating a lead generation resource that's going to help her attract her ideal clients, grow her business and help you at the same time when when okay without further ado Julie welcome to Confident Content it's so lovely to have you here hi thank you so much for having me on I'm really excited about this I know I suddenly realized I didn't warn you that it actually is kind of freaky when it goes live because we've never done this before this is exciting <laughs> new ground it's we're all about ground. learning at thinking caps so we love this exactly exactly it's a good way to do it so I guess the first thing is I did a brief intro but do you want to tell everyone a little bit about what you're doing at thinking caps like what it does and, and who sure. you are yeah so uh, we've been in business coming up 19 years Um, Before that, Michelle and I were both primary school teachers. We met teaching, actually. And uh, I worked for the Ministry of Education training teachers how to teach maths. And Mm. I hated maths at school. I really hated it. So when I got to Teachers College and they were doing this new curriculum and it made sense to me and I was passionate about it, I was so excited to think, boy, I could change some children's lives in this. So Mm. I went out and trained teachers how to teach maths. And uh, that was really cool. I loved it going into different classrooms and different school environments. And but really what I wanted to do was have that hands-on uh, actual face-to-face with yeah. children again. Um, and so tutoring was the best of both worlds. We get the light bulb moments where you can see a child grab it and, and run with it. Hmm. Uh, and without all the carnage and chaos of a full-time teacher role. 
So, yeah, we, we live the dream. Oh, that's amazing. And I, and I love the way that you two work together so closely. In fact, you're going on holiday together. I know. We've like, been you guys are mates. Years. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hard. It is hard having two, two of you in a business. We're, mm. we're very different. We've got very different strengths, which works really well for us. Yeah. Um, Michelle's really creative and passionate and, you know, she just loves teaching. She's an amazing teacher and she's still doing a lot of the lessons herself. Mm. Um, I'm, I've stepped back a wee bit from that now, more the admin role, but I'm more of a list and tick things off a chart. Yeah, and when you take... When you two come together, you, you are you are very much that order <laughs> person, which is why you're doing this bit today, because I can imagine this bit's going to be like, unless it comes to the creation bit where you're fun, it's the the hard, this is a hard slog one, like you've got to follow yeah. process, and, and so I do have some things that I'll send you today um, that give you kind of like a structure and things like that to help that, but I do think that one of the reasons you guys work so well together is that like you don't like Facebook, like you are begrudgingly in my Facebook group. <laughs> I don't even know my Facebook password. <laughs> no, and I think you actually took like a year to join the Facebook group. And even oh. then it was like, guess right. I'm going to have to. Whereas she's loving, she's nailing the social on Facebook. She's gone onto Instagram now. She's feeling right. really confident with that. And so you two do balance and separate the marketing activity out, which I think is really powerful. Yeah. Um, it and makes I think it powerful. you delineate who is responsible for mm. what. And so I'm more the MailChimp and the Newsy newsletter stuff. And, yes. Um, so that's why this lead gen stuff's important. It's not so much the creative content part of it, it's the how-to. Yeah. And so one of the things around this is um, I wanted to ask you about who we want to target this lead magnet to or lead generation to because I yeah. was thinking about you um, very early this morning. I was kind of working through how I wanted to take this. And I think one of the challenges you have that I have with quite a few of my clients is that you do actually have quite a range of different markets. You have parents who are obviously deciding to come, like no child's going to download a lead magnet. Um, well, they could if they're super weird. Potentially, and no, maybe they would, but but, but the, it's the parents. But you have parents at different stages, and so no. a one-size-fit lead magnet's not going to fit you. I think no. you're going to need to have more than one. No. So I think that's the first step. And what I normally recommend for people like you is that we prioritize the area at the moment that has the biggest growth potential for you, that you've got the most capacity in or you're wanting to grow more in and develop. And then over a period of time, I'd say set a target to try and go once a quarter or every six months, develop a lead magnet for another sector of it so you're really targeting. So some people are really easy. They can have one thing that they do. I will be honest, I think I've got about 12 lead magnets. There's yeah. a few different ones. And I'm thinking about creating a new one because I don't, I'm not happy with the one I've got for, for one of my things. And so just being aware that we, uh, this is a bit of a learning game. It's a bit of a test. And what we're starting to do is create a resource library of things that we can give people to help reduce, re remove objections. So you might retire this at some point and then just have it as a resource that's like, actually, that's a really good one to send to my email list and, or to something else. And so don't freak out if it's not firing the way it needs to. We're just going to start and choose something today to move forward on. Sure. Sounds great. So let's talk about where that biggest capacity space is for you or the area that you really want to grow into. Um, so I'm guessing that at the moment we've got moving into, so we're recording this in uh, beginning of September. We're moving into a crazy stage with senior students where they're going into um, exams and things like that. So I think... That, that would be a good topic, but probably is cutting it too fine for this time of year. So yeah. I would say to you, put in your schedule now that June, July next year, or even May, April next year, 
um, April, May, it's the other way around. Um, but you say, this is a good time for me to develop a lead generation to help those students. So right. one of the things that I find really useful is that we often know, oh gosh, we need to have this because we should be attracting more people here. But when we think that at that point, it's normally too late. Right. And then what happens is we forget. So then we come around the next year and go, oh, we needed to do that thing. We didn't do it. So it's really good to go, oh, I need to have it for this time of year. Right. How far back do I need to make sure that that is sorted and up and running and put it in your diary? Um, so we're planning for the next year. And and I find that makes things so much easier because then I'm not having to do this this load of stress mm, of what's going on. Find our business is quite seasonal depending on the time of the year. Yes. So I can see the benefit in having, you know, three or four different legends. Yes. Say, this is the target that we've got at the moment. Um, so, yeah, that would really work well for us. Yeah, I think that would be an awesome one. So for you in terms of capacity, because obviously you do school and then you also have your tutoring school, which is off Perfect. your own site. Where is the biggest capacity or growth that you're wanting to really focus and growth, grow on at the moment? We've just started a new literacy program in schools. Oh, cool. Um, we've been doing maths for ever, 19 years. And that has been my area of expertise. So mm. I've been a classroom teacher, but maths has been my area of strength. And we've just recently got a couple of new tutors on board who have done some professional development in school when they've just left teaching and come to us uh, with literacy. And so we've just been trialling it in a few schools and a few after-school lessons this term, and, man, we're getting some amazing results. We got a testimonial yesterday from a mum just had us in tears who said her boy's already gone up three reading levels. Oh, I love that. And he got a certificate in assembly, his first ever. <laughs> that is so, I love, when the mic goes on, because I mean, I haven't shared this on here, I mean, you know, but I used to be a teacher too. Yeah. And my thing was literacy. Um, no surprises since, you know, content strategist, the, the writing was in the wrong. And I found it hard. I, I found maths, I love teaching it, but I found, because I loved maths, I found it quite hard to teach it, which is an yeah. interesting thing. In fact, my favourite thing to teach at school was PE, which was so weird because I'd hated PE but that's why I was a good teacher I do think we're often teachers in the best stuff where we're not naturally as able or loving it because oh. we have to learn to love it to talk about it and what sparks me up about the, the literacy approach we've got now is it's called structured literacy mm. and then kind of roughly what the, um, the, the professional development's been about but for my brain because I am structured yeah. I can see the progression path in the learning yeah. So I can see the assessment at the beginning. I can see these are the steps that you need to do. These are the words they need to focus on. Mm. These are the letter sounds they need to focus on. These are the skills they need to learn. Uh, and it's structured. Great mm. name for it. So for my brain, I can see that there's a way that we can make a difference for children because reading and writing has always been a bit uh, more difficult to prove progress. Yeah. Maths, you can say they, did know they didn't know their times tables and now they do. Yes, and black and white, you can say, I got four out of 10 and now I'm getting 10 out of 10. That's mm. like, you to prove progress to parents. Whereas the literacy, oh, they're reading much better now. Was about mm. what they were. Now we're, we're able to say they know these letter sounds, they can recognize these words, they know these ending, all those types of skills. And so that really means for me, we've got something that we can present to parents in a way that we've got the ability to make progress and, and show that show that progress so that's really what we're wanting to build yeah I really love that because I do think as well uh, people even though they go I don't, I, I'm just going to trust the process having something where you can actually prove that process is working really does help also build that trust of getting people engaged and excited about it yep. so that works really well so we know the topic is literacy mm -hmm. who is the target uh, age of the children that this program is for uh, 
year three to year six. Okay. And then is this going for parents or teachers? Are we targeting parents or teachers? Parents. Okay. So the parents of children of year to three to six. And do we have this, are you doing this in school or is this an out-of-school program? We do have out-of-school out of offering, but um, really we'd love to grow the in-school. Okay. So the way the in-school program works, because you've obviously, you're, ba- we're based, you're based like me in Whangaparoa, so you work in, around those schools. Local schools. Yes. Local schools. The process of them joining, do they come to you first and register and then they join the in-school program or does the school market it? We, well, there's a mix of both. Yeah. Really, uh, the, the teachers, once they realise that the, the kiddies that are already coming and making progress are more likely to recommend yeah. it. Uh, but the other way for us is really word of mouth. So yeah. it's a numbers game. Uh, it's going to grow. There's a tipping point uh, where there's not enough kids to have that word of mouth yeah. spread, go viral. Uh, and then at some point when there's enough kiddies and enough parents who see the value in it, then it, it takes off and so the the parents are enrolling on our website we've got mm. a website that does all cool. the enrollment and that type of thing and then uh it goes into our yeah enrollment package that's really cool set up sets up with the invoice and got an attendance app and all the things so it's really just a matter of letting parents know that this is something that we do i think the other issue that we have is that because we've been known for maths yeah. so long, 19 years, um, yeah. to then morph into literacy, uh, we have to then be able to prove that we're experts in. Yes. Um, and that's the other key part of it for us, is okay. communicating that, that success. So uh, one thing I really want to say about this is that we talked a little bit before, you're on MailChimp. Now oh. you've um, got a good size list, um, which I'm not going to divulge on here, um, <laughs> but it is over the free plan list, which is up to 500 contacts. Um, so you've done really well to grow that list. And ha- what's the frequency that you're sending emails out? Once a week. Once a week. So, And that's partly because I badger you guys to do that. Often, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so Thanks with the weekly one, have, have, yes, <laughs> I basically lecture you. Um, so with that weekly email, have you talked about the literacy program on there? Yes. Okay. And when you've done that, have you provided testimonials or what are you doing with that? Um, we have, but because it's only really a brand new program, we've needed yes. time in the saddle to get the yeah. traction. So yeah, we've got we've got really good uh, feedback now from parents that we're able to use on that. Great. I've actually got a Mailchimp scheduled for next week because it's Roald Dahl Day. Oh, nice. Day. And I oh. love Roald Dahl. So oh. do I. So, so yeah, I've so waffled on about how I love Roald Dahl and then got the um, the new testimonial at the bottom of that and then a book now type thing. We can call it waffling. We call it giving salient <laughs> advice and support. <laughs> I'm not waffling it with my personal views. Yeah, yeah, I know. I actually think yeah. he's an amazing like author, but I think I would have found him slightly creepy as a parent. Oh. <laughs> Very I would have been like, story. as a mother, I would have been like, can you not tell the story about the giant appearing at the window again, please? I don't really want that. And plus, we are not talking about the giant peach, and your aunt, whatever her name is, is not a terrifying person, and she's not going to kill the children. Uh, <laughs> Um, so with the um, so so that's really good. That's there because I'm going to say that when we do the lead generation, one of the things we're going to do to test it is you're going to send it out to like a, with a form to send it out to that mailing list because if they they are going to be your most engaged people, and you can send it without a um, you still need to have that email gap of like when they clicked on it they get added to that nurture sequence or something like that which we'll talk about. But I think that would be a really good way to test that audience out. So one of the things I do recommend is. 
when we create a lead generation, even though we're wanting it to grow our audience and to do that, it's always good to give it as a service because that gives also an idea of, is this going to give me uh, quality information or a gift essentially of value to my existing list? If it's not, then it's probably the wrong topic. Yeah. And so that really helps us because um, the other thing is you need to be proud of whatever you've given. There's nothing worse than downloading something and going, wow, this was like pretty much a blank piece of paper and now they've got my email address and they subscribed me to 50 emails and I can't get through. You know, like right. we want to make sure that they're really happy and then it's hit a spot for them. So that's really important. Um, so I really like that you've got that. We, so now we know that it's going to be about literacy. We're targeting parents of year to three to six-year-olds in Whangaparoa. So that's a really important part around that because it's going to be in school. Yes. And the goal is to get them to enroll on your website. That's the end goal. So we know those things about it. Now I wanted to know is with this program, what do you see? uh, So there's two ways we can do this. Um, We can either help answer a need with our lead generation and really go, here's a need and I'm going to solve it for you. We, or we can um, p- remove objections to the thought of why people might want to use it. And, or, and this kind of is a like um, the need thing, I call it the butthole finder. I actually call it something a bit rude than that, but I'm not going to do that on here. Um, but poking holes in the current activity, like poking holes. Now, that's a bit of a dangerous one for you because obviously you've got a good relationship with your schools. Uh, so we're going to say that doesn't fit. No. Um, I guess the one that would be answering a need so so let's talk about that one if you've got a child who is reluctant to read or has got issues with reading or struggling what are some of the problems that the parent is facing oh the angst of it all the parents so worried um you know is my child ever going to succeed they're in the bottom reading group they hate Mm. reading i can't get them to do it in the weekends you know any any kind of engaging in reading or literacy activities outside of school. Okay. I've got a really cool idea. Um, have you had some ideas around this topic? Um, yes, only because I think parents are unsure about the new way that the schools are introducing literacy now. And so they don't want to get it wrong, so then yep. they do nothing. So they go, oh, they're teaching this way of doing letter sounds now rather than teaching recognising the actual letters and the names of the letters. So I don't want to get it wrong, so I don't know what to do. Okay. So I think really empowering the parent to be able to say, hey, this is the way that we're teaching literacy in schools now. This is why it's important, and this is how you can help at home. Okay, so is that what you think would be a good topic? It could be. In the MailChimp I'm sending out next week, I'm going to do three top tips for parents. So um, listening to the way that their child says words. Um, So when they're engaging with them, chatting with them, actually listen and take notice about the way they're saying things. Uh, An example I'm using is the word with. Some kids will say with, with a V at the end, or they say with, with an F at the end. So when they're sounding out to do reading or spelling, those those things are, are tricky. Hmm. Uh, the other one is um, reading to children, yeah. reading with children, and reading by children. So those are the three things that parents really need to do as far as reading goes, especially. Not just um, you've got to sit down and listen to me read or I want to listen to you read. It has to be that whole yeah. modelling of the family as, a, as readers. So you reading to the children is, is something that's ti- everybody's time poor, but, man, it's got some big benefits. 
Um, yeah. Reading together with children and then listening to do the reading by the child. Those those three ways. Yeah, because I mean, I know, and I didn't disclose this before, but I, two of my girls have worked with you as tutors. <laughs> um, and one of the things my girls say um, of having a mother that's very ADHD and not very reliable on some proper mothering things um, is they all say the best thing they got from me was the literacy. And oh. it wasn't even, it, what I wasn't, I was a whole language Sorry to get technical, guys. I don't. But I was yeah. a whole language approach person, so I do, I wasn't a big fan of phonics. I wasn't a big fan of those sort of things. It didn't really drive me. I wanted rich experience, rich learning experiences, right. and I think that doesn't work so much anymore because when my kids were little. We had this whole thing around you should have 500 books before you're five. I, my kids had had 1,000 books by the time they were two. Uh. And so when they got to school, it was so easy for them to learn to read or they just had a relationship with books and stories. And their vocabulary was so diverse. You know, like the three-year-old would go, may I please have, you know, um, a selection of cutlery instead of could I have a knife and fork? Like they just use strong language they, uh. and they, they've never lost that. And I think that... that I, I so understand that this is an important thing. I'm wondering, though, if that topic's too dry. That's like I, li- yeah. I like, I think we need to put it in there. It's a bit teachery. Yeah. And what I think is if there's an angst, if it's remove the, removing the angst of reading at your house, what we could do is we could go on the fun aspect yeah. and we could start. I think the reading too with and by is really good too, but I think we're hitting parents who are also reluctant readers. Yeah, And I think this is part of the problem. So right. I'm wondering if we could do things like, here's such and, such and such many ways. It could be 15 ways or 25 or whatever you want to do. And we could use a bit of chat GPT to come up with a few of these to bounce off. Mm. I don't recommend using it for all of it, but it will just help you go, oh, right. yeah, don't like that, but I could do this. And it could be like um, to build a love of reading without the battle. And it could be things like um, playing I Spy in the Car. Mm. Um, doing voice, doing words with funny voices, because that kind of helps people like listening to different sounds. Like, so you could come up with a whole range of different things, like word games they could play, but also things like talking about, like um, t- on shop, you know, on supermarket, talking about the colours, using positional language, all those things that develop that literacy that we have as teachers. Um, historically, have have kind of felt that they will come to school with. Mm. And maybe talk about those things. So they're having some nice things. And in that, so we've got that checklist and we've got those sort of ideas. Then you could have a page about the new literacy program in there, about why it's working and helping, and have that information about the reading to, with and by, because I think that's really important. And have maybe, and then say that in your emails, you're going to have some tips on how to make that happen without there being battles. Yes. You know, because like I know that one of the things, and I'm sorry guys, I am a bit biased in this because I used to teach literacy to early childhood teachers. So, so this is an area I know about. Yeah. Um, so, But not everyone gets the same level of me knowing, understanding the thing, but I, this is an area I know. Um, but one of the things we could do in this space is potentially have something where it's like, hey, if you're, if you're not confident um, listening to stories, why don't you get um, find someone like Susie Cato reading the story and right. you two can watch the YouTube with the book in front of you, go and get it out the library and then you can listen to her and you're both following along the words in the book. Like you can find ways to make it scaffold right. essentially right. and make it easy for them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting that conversation going and making it uh, an easy, fun way for them to engage. Yeah, because I'm just thinking that, does that sound like a better topic for you? Yeah, great. 
Because I think that that would be something I would download. I'm always curious because I think these are people where you go if you remove the angst of without having without having to read a book. Like so, we obviously okay. want them to read books, but if we take that out and they go, I can do that. I can help my child's literacy without having to have that book battle. That would maybe help them then be open to having the book battle as well. Yeah. And, and introducing technology with it, like the YouTube or listening to books on Spotify and the car yeah. music or whatever, that that's speaking to where people are at now too. Yeah, we, that's what we used to listen to in the car. That or even just have it. Yeah, so we used to listen to, um, my favourite one was um, Tanya Bat, Blatt, Bat, who's in a New Zealander. She's a, she, she came to my house once dressed as a fairy and I was trying to tell the girls she wasn't really a fairy, but she did not want me to say that. So she turned up um, on a carousel horse bike. Wowzers. And then she said, I can't eat your food. I have proper fairy food. And she unwrapped with this cloth. And it was like this piece of like hard brown bread with like a little another cloth with cheese. And it was the most fairy brick lunch that someone could possibly have after you've turned up on a carousel. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no, she is a fairy. I, I lied. I'm sorry, children, I lied. But but I used to listen to her with the kids. Sure and I think that's that there's a beautiful thing by listening to someone reading a louder story. Wow. And so that was great in the car. It was nice to do that instead of music. And you'd have them on repeat. So the children so I do, I think there's so many things that people could do with their children that really mm-hmm. help that. And there's people of a certain generation when you're out and about talking with that will talk about the Sunday morning. Yes. I don't know I love those. It. Oh, my gosh. I'm uh, you, obviously, I'm far that. older than you. <laughs> but I, didn't, I don't know anything about it, but people would talk about, oh, and they they, they can still recite the lines yep. and the song that went with it. And But that was really family bonding time by the sounds of it. They'd all climb into bed and listen to the Sunday morning. Yeah, the Teenage Club. And in fact, I used to listen to stories that my dad had listened to. So right. it's like, and he ran and she ran and he ran and she ran till they came to the bridge of the single head. Oh. <laughs> And the gi- and she ran over, and the giant said, um, "I said something like, be aware, Maluwapi, if you air, come back again.' <laughs> like I can remember it. Like it's just, and so I do think like it's it's getting that audible thing because what's happening with that is they're getting exposed also to different ways that people are, are hearing. So I think, so that would be I think quite a simple lead generation. So right. the trick here, and this is what for people listening, that what we're trying to do is. You know, Judy had a really good idea. We need to talk about this is really sensible thing that parents want. And then I talked about the need. The need was angst of reading issues. So that's the need we're going to meet. Um, now we've got to find what's a sexy way, essentially, an interesting way to meet that need for that target audience. Uh, and so what we want to do is talk to them about the stuff that you're doing, but that's not going to buy in for them. No. So this, I think, would be helpful. It means that other people outside the area are still going to want to download that. So people are going to find it that aren't your ideal client. But that would be my ideal thing for that. So that would be it. And I basically have, and I'm um, because you're one of my coaching clients, I'm going to give you, um, I've got a a document that uh, you, you can use. Um, you make sure you've accessed it regardless I'll get, make sure you've got it for today okay. that's a checklist that you can use in Canva like a template oh, um, yes. For those, yeah, so for those of you that are listening um, I have actually put a link to buy that if you want to use it um, to do the same thing it's 47NZ and it comes with a course and a workbook and everything you need that we're going to be covering in this so so, um, so you could use that to use as your base So and just adapt it but one of the key things when we go to make the checklist is we want to have a sexy title for it, something that's really compelling. Right. 
I would use ChatGPT, but I would never use a whole title that ChatGPT has given you. Mm-hmm. So ask for 15. Tell you, tell them what it's going to be, that it's going to yep. give, you know, like 25 reasons or things of ways to build your child's literacy um, without having to pick up a book or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and do that. And then ask for like 15 options and then pick phrases from yeah. three or four of them and kind of work them through and massage it. Yeah, because otherwise it just sounds terrible. Okay. Um, I was actually thinking this morning, Julie, that what I'm going to do for our client, us yeah. as a coaching clients is I want to see if I can Google all the horrible words that I don't like, like make a list of them and then create a prompt that we can start using, which is like, please write me this information, but you are not allowed to use not any yet. of these words. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be a really good idea. Yeah. Um, I've started being really passive aggressive on people's posts and putting things like, hi, it looks like you've written this completely with ChatGPT. It just drives me crazy. It's right, like, right. oh, my gosh. That, like we, we've used it to just get some brainstorming around yeah. words for, for things, but they'll, they'll use things like, yeah. are you worried about your child's grades? Well, we kind of don't Yeah, it's yet, not so a set of all. Yeah, you can't just copy and paste, but definitely for brainstorming. Oh, yeah. so good for brainstorming. And it's so good once you've got that content to kind of massage it as well. But, yeah. So, so I would do that. And then the process for creating the lead generation we've got that we've got that thing which is really amazing i think that's a good topic then we would actually just plan it out a little bit before we start hit canva and start creating it so what i would do is um you're going to have a title page and then you're going to have a front page that says basically um you know thank you so much for um being in here i really appreciate it you know thank you um thank you um here's a little bit about us in this guide this is what you're going to cover and then you could have a little, like a little sentence that says, over the next month, I'm going to be staying in contact with you to help you with new ways, explaining the way that the literacy program and skills is helping your child so that you can understand it. So while you're doing this work at home, it's going to help with the work that's being done in schools. And that that's the bridge that we're looking yeah. for. And then you would have, so in my template I've got, I've done it as a checklist, but you can just easily adapt that by having the points. For yours, I would definitely make them like the point and then just give them a little description of how to do it. So have like a little se- few sentences for each one. And uh, you really uh, can, uh, I would I would definitely have a minimum of 13 uh, or 15 because that feels really uh, chunky to me. Like ideas for Ideas, yeah. yeah. If you want more, you can. It's really about what you want to do. Right. You could have 13 but actually have 17 ideas and say that you're going to be sharing another four right. um, in upcoming emails. That can be like a little hook that we call right. that a loop. You're opening yep. up a loop that you have to close. So that would be really useful. Um, and so you're going to do that. And then the last page you have has a little bit about right. what you do. That, you know, if you've got a child, if you're, if the battle at home is rough, if you're stressed about your child and you know that you know that literacy is something that you just can't let go and this, in school it's not your child's not thriving in the school environment that they're sitting in we help support this what the school's doing so you make sure you no. get the tone right yeah um, and then you can have a call to action with clickable links in that for those people because they're going to download this but it's always going to be a PDF. So make sure it's got clickable links, which you can do in Canva, where they can go straight to the booking page. So for those people that are really hot, you've got that in there. Uh, and and also contact information. And on both the, that second page where you do that little introduction and that last page, I want to have a photo of you and or you and Michelle. Uh-huh. Um, so that you've got that kind of space in there and doing it. So, so the first page is like a little introduction, setting the scene, what they're going to get from it, the fact mm-hmm. that they're going to have follow-up emails. And that last page is a sales, essentially a sales page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you want to keep it to one page. You don't want it to be too wordy. It's quite punchy um, because we're going to do a lot of heavy lifting in the emails. So once you've written that out and you've got it planned, then you can lay it out on Canva, which I've got a template that I'm, yeah, I'm going to give you. Um, and so then you've got that. When you've got that Canva template, you need to do two things. You need to download it as a PDF. Okay. And you just need to, you don't need to, um, I normally download it as a printable PDF, as a, so that's one, not one that's like a high quality because it's not going to a printer's, yeah. but just like a standard PDF. Um, and also that's download the cover as a PNG image because we're going to use that as the book cover for okay. your landing page. So there's a two little things that we need to do there. And that, that side's done. The oh. other part that we do with that is we upload. Do you use Google Drive or do you use yep. something else? Yep, I got Google, Google Drive. Drive. So then what we do is we upload that PDF into Google Drive and okay. create a shareable link, and we're going to keep that link ready for our emails. Uh, so that's the first, the next thing we do. Now, the reason that we need it for our emails, and I just want to walk through this with you, is that. Our whole goal is to get people used to getting emails from us and opening our emails. Right. So what some people do, and I That's catch so many people doing this, they'll say, I'll say, oh, do you have a lead generation? They'll say, yeah. I say, great. How many emails have you received from it? And they went, what do you mean? Right. And I'll say, well, you know, what's going on with it? Are you getting conversions? And they're like, I don't have emails that go with my email, with my lead generation. The whole reason for the lead generation is to get the emails. And we also want to make sure that anyone that pays us with the email paid us with the right email. Yeah. So if they've put gnail.com or they, I had one that was spam at spam.com was the email <laughs> they gave me, they don't get the book no, or the checklist because they don't deserve it. Because <laughs> they didn't pay me with the email. Correct one. Correct. So, so no one gets anything unless it comes from the email. Yeah. So you do need to have that on the landing page, and we'll talk about the landing page. We might have to do that in a second session. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this is a good starting place is to kind of do this. So I, I, I think we may even have to do three sessions on that. Oh, I don't mind because I think this is going to be cool. Right. Um, but I think so we start with that. We get that, and that shareable link is going to be embedded in the first email. So it's going to say, thank oh, yeah. you so much for downloading, and it's going to be, here it is, and there'll be like a little link. Of, you'll have the title of it, of whatever the thing was, and then that title will be a clickable link to the PDF. So you need to make sure it's one that, that, that's, that they can get on that link, and then they just download it from there, and they've got it. So people often say, how do I add a document into my emails? Well, that's how. You, you upload yeah. them into a Google Doc or a Teams or whatever, at, or a Dropbox, and then it's something that people can download. And so they're downloading yeah. it directly from the Google Drive. Yeah. Yep. So what I recommend you also do is just create a folder that's called um, lead generation so oh. that you're not – it just means organizationally you know that those are there. So I've done that with you guys in the Content Master Web. When I'm creating your content, I move it all into a Content oh. Master Web folder because yeah. it just means it's not being lost somewhere in my drive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm someone who's not great at admin like you are, but I still know I need to do that. <laughs> so um, obviously you've got to make the link like a not request access to. Like a Yeah, public. that's really important because otherwise you have problems. Yeah, otherwise everyone's got to request a link and then they go, actually, I can't be bothered requesting access because, you know, yeah. So you've yeah. got to make it public. Yeah. yeah, so I would definitely, um, you just need to make it as one of those everyone can view. Um, they don't need to edit it because it's a PDF, so they right. don't need that. But basically they can load it up and then they can download it. 
Um, and the advantage of that too is it means if they've opened it up on their phone and they realise they've got to download it, they can then just go to their laptop and download it and print it out. Say, well, I'm, a, I'm definitely a printer. Yeah. Like I like to have the paper. Yeah. Um, sorry, trees, but I do. I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I so need it. So, so I think that that would be a really good start. Okay. Um, and so I, so yeah, so we've, we've kind of talked about, um, we, we know that they want to buy into having the literacy program for their children. We know one of the blocks or questions they have is they have an angst that they need to resolve. And I think that's a big enough draw card, mm. but we also know they need to understand this new literacy program, which we're going to do, but that's not interesting enough to no, get a download. No, it's not meeting the needs straight away. No. Yeah. Because this is something that I think you could post on a on the Hibiscus Coast page, for example, where you are. You could post that downloadable thing and people would you download it no, without, no. you know, so this is where kind, this is a good sign of it where you go, is it something that's interesting enough for that? Yeah. You could create a second resource that gave you like a breakdown or like a, maybe a, a mind map or something that shows how the new literacy program comes that you could have as a free extra resource in the lead generation nurture sequence that we're going to do. Okay. That's like a, if you wanted to for another download to kind of get the interactive business going, right. but you don't have to do that. The reason that, that that might be useful is that's something that when you're, if we're going to do some automation, that if someone sends an inquiry through or books, you could have an automation that when they've booked it, they get that. And yes. that might be helpful. So then it, it's something that becomes multi-purpose. Yeah. So we've looked at that. We know that they need extra help in just refining, knowing that they're helping their child with literacy because often yeah. that's the problem is they feel like they don't know how to do that. That's right. And then they feel empowered that they are Yes. Helping. And that they can do it every day without having a whole lot of expensive equipment or a whole lot of specialised knowledge. So that's yeah. going to make them feel better. It's going to reduce the frustration with their child. Right. So it means you're resolving that relational issue. It's going to make them feel very supportive. And so I think that's going to work through. And so that's going to be a really good start with that. Yep. And then the next stage that we're going to work on is going to be the nurture sequence. And what I'm thinking is that I'm just going to grab my little thing here is we want to um, have that nurture sequence working really well where we have a specific level of follow-up email. So I want to talk about that in a second session. You're called to do a second session? Yeah, sounds great to me. Excellent. But what I think I'll talk to you about right now is you are using MailChimp. Uh-huh. So one of the things that people get confused about with the whole process with this is where does the, the form sit? Where does the landing page sit? How do I how do I get people to subscribe to this? Yeah. So basically the rule is, and I'm just going to declare my bias, I'm not a fan of MailChimp, but uh-huh. lots of people use it, and so it's good that you're using it. Um, I can't believe I've managed to not convince you to move to MailerLite or something else and the whole time we've been working, but it's okay. We obviously, you know, it's okay. One but step. <laughs> one step. And also if you're using it, like you're using it, already and I'm happy you're using it and you feel comfortable and my whole thing is I'm not going to make you change just for the sake of change I'm totally happy to change if there's better functionality around something I love learning and learning new things so if there's definitely better functionality around another one I'm happy to shift so the reason I normally recommend MailerLite to someone like you is that it's as your list grows it stays quite cheap so the cost doesn't go up Right. Um, and the functionality you get for that price is higher and it's less clunky. But if you're comfortable with MailerLite, with MailChimp and you feel confident with it, I don't normally say you have to change. Um, I know people who've built full automation platforms using MailChimp and had 
tremendous success. It's actually about how your brain works. So some people just can't get their head around MailChimp, and that's when MailerLite is really easy to use. It's very much like a drag-and-drop situation where it's very clear and easy. MailChimp is still a bit clunky in places. But if your brain works with MailChimp, I would just say stay because there's some cost that happens when you move your email across. We've got to get it noticed by servers and things like that. So we don't... I'd rather you stayed, to be honest, okay. if you're happy with MailChimp. Yeah. So so with MailChimp, there's two things that you're going to need to make in MailChimp. The first one is an email collection form, and that needs to be um, first name, possibly last name, but first name is probably enough, first uh-huh. name and their email address. Uh-huh. And it also needs to have somewhere, I, don't, I need to go and check the functionality of MailChimp, but do you have to use... A, can you turn off um, we might have to go and check this out actually but what we want to do is turn off the fact that they have to give a secondary kind of like approval that they're signed up to a mailing list like reply so, to this email verify yeah because that right. verification will lose you probably 60% of these people because no. it's just a check that they're not going to do like no one's going to go and do it no. and in New Zealand we don't legally need it Right. So what I would recommend is that if you can turn that off for this, that would be better. Because as soon as we get them to do that two-step program, it's gone. Yeah. And it's something you have to manually turn off when you're setting it up. Okay. So so we'd have an email collection form. Now, I would recommend making two of these. Yeah. I would have one that's an email collection form that's very plain that we're going to embed into our landing page. Uh-huh. And I'd have another one that's beautiful, that's just a very simple one that you can send someone if they're just having a chat and you go, oh, if you sign up to this, I've got this. And you can just send that thing without having to send the full landing page. But it goes to the same, it sets off the same automation. Chain of events. Yeah. Yeah. So so that email, when they fill that out, basically what happens is it syncs with MailChimp and then it starts off this automation. There'll be a tag or some sort of activity that says, now we're going to start it, and then it sets this automation and they get an email for day zero and then we're going to go through and make a bunch, which we'll talk about in the next session. But what I want you to think about is the landing page. Let's get that design part done because this, this is the designy part. Is that so, landing pages for the website? So, this, so the landing page, you can make it on your website. No. But my recommendation is actually to make it on your email platform. Okay. Now, there's some disadvantages with that. We don't tend to have a pixel, but it's just really because for ease of access, it's going to have no worries about removing the header or the footer. So we don't want the normal website header or the normal website footer on there. So there's a whole lot of stuff going on with that. We are not, I don't think you are like me, a natural design person. So then you've got to have to think about how to build that page and it's complicated. If we use the email provider, they have templates. So it makes it much easier and then we can just customize it with our color. And what we want to do is we want to have um, the tight, the basic, the top part of it will have the email collection form on there, and maybe an image of the um, have an image of the um, the book on there as well. So I have the name of the book or the image and the email collection right at the top, so that they've got that. And you've got right under that, or either right under that or right above it. I want you to have like you know like. Um, remove the angst of um, of of childhood not reading with your child at home with these fifteen simple steps or whatever they are simple simple mm-hmm. activities, and so then you would do that. Then you would just do like a little um, a little proof of who you are. Blurg. Hi, my name is Julie. I own Thinking Caps, and we run literacy programs in schools for years three to six. 
we know that working at home with your children is really complicated and sometimes it can cause a lot of tension that no one wants to have. So this is how many numbers it is, simple activities that you can do without even picking a book to know that you're helping contribute to your child's literacy development. Of course, we want to get you reading with and with, by and um, to your child. But if that's all feeling a bit too hard, here's some things you can do to get started. Yeah, and so right. I would just have that with a picture of yourself so it's that social okay. proof. Love if you that. do have a testimonial from someone that's gone through the mm-hmm. literacy course or a comment, it doesn't okay. even have to be, it can be anonymous. I would put that underneath it. Mm-hmm. And then I would have a, no, you need help with this directly. Mm-hmm. And then put a link from that to your core offer. Mm-hmm. Now, most people aren't going to go to that. They're going to go... So the core offer for you would be signing up for tutoring. And yeah. roll. Yep. Yeah, but that's all we have on that page. We don't have lots of salesy explaining of what that program is or anything like that. That is just there to catch the occasional person who knows that they need it today. Yeah. And so we get that thing, they fill in their form, and when they filled in their form, we're going to create mm-hmm. another little thing like a thank you page. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. And that's all. You can do all of that in MailChimp. Okay. So I want you to look at the forms and the landing page sections of MailChimp for this. Okay. And use their templates as much as possible because it makes it easier. Yep. But don't do that until you've done your lead generation. So this is the order. Yeah, um, and once we've done that and we've got that lead generation sorted out and we've got that landing page sorted oh, out, I want you then to um, – so we, we did the start, we did the bid. Oh, and so we've got the thank you page. And the thank you page says thank you so much. Well, now, the other thing I want to have you on um, – thank you so much, an email will be on its way. Please look out for it. So tell them that the email's coming so they don't go, where is my thing? Because sometimes they expect they're going to get it right away. Uh, um, on that collection prog- that form, what I want you to do is say um, on receipt, uh, you know um, – on giving us your email, we will send you the ebook to your email. So have this in small writing on that little form. Uh, Plus, we will also provide you with six follow-up emails, or five. I think it's six. Six follow-up emails to help provide, help give you further tips to help your child and in the literacy. Yep. So that's telling them what they to expect. So when uh, they fill it out, that's the permission that we're looking for. Is you know we're going to send you these emails. Yep. So that's that's a good start for us. What I'd like to do is, if when you've done this, and we can book a session um, for a few weeks' time, um, I would like to then do one on how to write those lead generation emails and what we need to have for that. Now, for that, what I'd like you to do to be ready for that is I'd like you to think about what are the pain points that your program specifically answers for those te- those parents, uh-huh. plus maybe having a couple of client success stories. Uh-huh. They don't have to be obviously um, named because it's in the local area. They can be anonymous. Uh-huh. And we've talked about in the past in coaching about how we can tell a story about someone without it having to be um, an, a direct testimonial. So we'll have like one or two testimonials, but we'll have a couple of stories. Like I might do, I might go something like... Um, one of my clients, Julie, you know, I might I might name you because I, I know you won't mind, but I'll say one of my clients, Julie, uh, really wanted to target someone for new venture. And so we worked together to create a lead generation. We talked about the pain point and how it was different to this. After setting it up, this is what's happened with Julie and this is the result. So that kind of story, you can do that. Um, and so you can name a child, like make a name up. That would be also totally fine for this particular situation. That's not being dishonest. It's just because we're in a local area. We want to make sure we're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Has that got you some things to start with? Got four pages of notes. 
<laughs> yes, I love that. I love that. Well, I have had a huge amount of joy doing this. This has been heaps of fun. Um, for those of you that are listening, I hope it's also helped you kind of think through your process in terms of what this needs to be. And please look out for the next session with us because I think that would be really cool. Um, I'm actually quite enjoying doing this as well. It's fun. It's, I call this riffing, by the way, because I did know what the topic was, but I didn't know where we were going to go. So, like, so we have to kind of work it through. Um, so it's good for my brain. Um, and and this is kind of what it's like when you're working with me. You can tell I definitely talk a lot during a coaching session. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much, Julie, for being on the show and doing this publicly because it's scary. It's fun. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, yay. I've enjoyed it too. And um, for those of you that have got questions around some of these things, come along to our Facebook group, Map It Marketing. It's not the group Julie's in. She's in the Content Master Web group. She's not going to do two groups. Um, <laughs> um, or you can um, you can ask some questions on the Confident Content, Confident Content Podcast page. I don't know why I chose a podcast name. I can't actually say. So you can ask questions on there, leave a voice message on there, um, or get in touch with me on Rachel Identity Entertainment marketing.co.nz if you feel like you might want to have some help with this us too and have a session with me I would um, love you to have a great week and thank you so much for tuning in to my very first live coaching session I appreciate it thanks so much Julie